This is American Real, where we aim to inspire, empower, and enlighten you through the stories of our guests. Here's your host, Roger Brooks. And what about self-awareness? I know that's really important to you. You can have either or. You can have full self-acceptance. And you just got it all wrong, man. <laughs> you know, you're not where you are. You know what I mean? You're just going through a phase, you know? You can be on the other side, you know? Uh, you can have self-awareness and be like, depressed, have anxiety. I've been there so many times. These are common scenarios. You can be self-aware and not accept it. You can accept who you are and just not be self-aware. That's not really who you are, you know? Uh, but ideally you want to have them both together. If you are aware of who you are and you accept it, that's just this one condition, <laughs> you know? You are aware of who you are and you accept it. That's the, the third or it's not, a, I don't look at it as a third, that's the only condition to be in. Let me guess, you're an entrepreneur looking for ways to grow your business online. And you've probably tried everything to grow your business, including social media, SEO, even paid ads, only to find out that nothing truly works. So what if I told you that writing a book that goes on to become a bestseller is the magic wand, and that you can do it in as little as 30 days, two weeks, or even over a weekend in some cases, without spending more than 10 minutes a day. Would you be interested? My name is Roger Brooks, and I'm the founder and host of American Real TV, where I interview world-class guests to empower others through the essence of story. But I didn't get here overnight, and my mission certainly doesn't end here. Ever since I was a little boy, it's been my dream to empower others through the craft of writing and storytelling. And throughout my life, I came across several mentors who pushed me toward my passion for writing books and helping others to do the same. There is no greater joy than to be working with aspiring authors and to help them establish true credibility within their industry by writing and publishing their first book, which I'm proud to say have all gone on to become bestsellers. Now, you're seeing this video because I just opened enrollment for my new book writing program, where I promise to take you from page one to published in 90 days or less. I will be personally working with you to overcome the same fears and obstacles that kept me from pursuing my dreams all of those years. Simply click on the link below to see how I could help you become a first-time best-selling author. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Welcome back, everyone. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. Today, my guest is Nader Molai. You help engineering and technology leaders execute successful career transitions without applying to online job ads. Nader, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Roger. Thank you. <laughs> I uh, uh, first of all, we we were joking a little bit offline that um, how important it is to try to pronounce someone's name correctly, and I know I try especially hard because these interviews are important to me. You know, this is your time where we're going to share a bit of your story and hear your voice, 
in your work, how important is getting someone's name right? It's extremely right. And uh, it's just starting that conversation that's difficult. We don't know literally what to say or how to ask, how to verify. Uh, I, I got into recruitment about 10 years ago. So uh, as someone who didn't work for a living looking at resumes, I got to look at a lot of people's names on a daily basis, you know, minimum 100 people. And you struggle with most. You know, it doesn't matter where you are, which part of the world you're from. You struggle if you look at 100 names, you will struggle with 80% of them saying it properly and calling someone that was that was strange. That was weird. You know, hi, may speak with, uh, you know, and if you pronounce it incorrectly, and the person literally doesn't understand who you're asking for, they could say no, you got the wrong number, boom, and now I lost a big opportunity. That person could be an engineer could be an executive, someone that I can really help with an with an opportunity or you know, a, a deal of a lifetime, whatever it would be. So it became really important for us to learn, learn to say people's names right and ask if we're saying it correctly. So I found myself developing the courage to pronouncing it for the first time, but, but saying it with the right body language, even if I was on the phone, you know, just bring some energy into my voice and say, did I pronounce your name correctly? You know, just like literally as I smile right now and so they know you're not being rigid, <laughs> you know, and they can, they can hear the smile. They can realize that, Hey, you're being a little bit vulnerable here now, you know, pronouncing your name. And you'll notice that if you ask it that way, you know, am I pronouncing your name correctly? With just a little bit of enthusiasm, they'll respond back, you know, saying yes, either yes or no, we would a smile, make them laugh. Even if you're butchering their name, it'll make them laugh. And then they'll say it. And just like you, you were doing it with my name. It's like, nah there, nah there, nah there. Just say it three times, whatever the name is. You know, say it three times, say it five times, whatever, as many times that it takes. And you'll capture it and they'll impress that person. And if you look at what, sorry to cut you off there, but if you look at what just happened, you could have spent 30 seconds just about that person's name and the, in the beginning of the conversation. And you've already built rapport. You know, you've already made the connection. That said, you can go from anywhere you want from there. You know, even if you're a hardcore salesperson listening to this podcast right now, you know, it could be building report could be as simple as that. No, I love that. And I, I love, again, off camera, how you gave me the example of Nader like father, you know, so that that gives me some relationships. So not only today, but after today, every time I see your name, it'll reinforce that father. You know, and it, but it's those, <laughs> those little tricks as as salespeople, yeah. as just good, you know, humans to be able to make an effort, right, to pronounce someone's name correctly. Yeah. And speaking of that, um, we uh, the, there was a post this week that I understand went viral that you were you were part of that, and there was a lot of interaction. Can you talk to us about that because it's so relevant to? our discussion today sure relevant and it's again part of my experience uh having having spent a decade in the recruitment industry working for a lot of big companies uh small large medium large enterprise you name it that uh, 10 years is is, is a it's a long is a long period to just observe and learn just observe and report and figure out and ultimately you know i decided to optimize and improve but a decade later, I still see a lot of uh, bad advice out there. And unfortunately, it's not, it's not uncommon. If it's uncommon bad advice, we can get away with it. We're like, okay, that, that's, that's weird. 
you know, but if it becomes common bad advice, it's just, that's dangerous. So one of the things that just, you know, grinds my gears is when I hear, I come across some pieces of advice, like what was going on a couple of days ago. And I was, you know, respectfully disagreeing with this argument. And it was basically, if, if you have a, you know, a quote, non-American name, you need to Americanize it, you know, to get a job. That was the argument. And that, that just didn't sit well with me because, you know, I initially responded that, hey, why do you want to even work for a company that, you know, wouldn't want to work with you because of your name, wouldn't want to contact you because of your name, you know, because there's going to be a variety of reasons behind that. But if you see that certain type of organizations are not reaching out to you or are avoiding, you know, declining your application, there's a story there and uh, you may not be a good fit within that culture. And I, I continue to add on that, you know, you can use a lot of different tools such as LinkedIn, for example, to evaluate the demographic within an organization, within a specific team within an organization. And uh, that's how you can figure out if it's a good fit for you. Will you be among similar people? If that's what you're looking for, you want to be among a group that, you know, look and sound like you, you can, you know, there's tools for that. There's data for that. You can, you know, it's part of what I teach. Uh, it helps people get into an organization that they're happy, you know, it's not really complicated, but uh, I'm an advocate for not pushing people across this career transfer, career transition. If you just visualize a bridge and, you know, as recruiters, as coaches, we want to help people cross this bridge and telling them to just tell the guy on the other side of the bridge that it's like, I don't know, my name's Roger. I'm going to pick on you, Roger. My name's Roger, you know, let me in, you know, I, I can't work here. That doesn't work because uh, maybe that's going to land you a phone interview. Maybe that'll get you on a face-to-face -face interview. Maybe, maybe it'll get you across the path, you know, to the other side. But how can you convince the other guy? You know what I mean? That's, that doesn't change anything. You're still the same person. So that, that's a big conversation. <laughs> you know, that's a big conversation right now online. It's just a two-day-old conversation, but it's creating a lot of us. Yeah. And, you know, when, when we think about our names, it was our name given to us, you know, when we were born, that, that has meaning, that has significance. So if someone is being asked to change their name, which I know you did at one point, and I'd love for you to touch on that, you know, when you did it, why you did it, and the effects of what happened from that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, this story is what I'm sharing in snips, bits and bits on, on this conversation. But uh, it was back in 2009. I graduated in December of 2007, right into the recession. <laughs> so I was among one of the graduating classes that entered the workforce in 2008, January 2008. And uh, long story short, that didn't work out for us. Uh, I got the first job that I could. I started working at a call center, answering phone calls. <laughs> You know, and I just stuck to it. I worked my way up from, you know, regular support to business support to enterprise support. Just when state safe, you know, state safe for two, three years and uh, recession went by. I was a high performer in my team. I have uh, I've uh, battled with the weathers, you know, so I was still standing. Uh, we went from a department of 50 to department of seven. I was number four in seniority. You know, those numbers you don't forget. Uh, and that was it. So with that, that was like 
I probably still have that on my resume, you know? <laughs> so with that stuff, I started looking for work and uh, it's been, it had been three years that I'd left sort of an engineering or programming. I'd literally forgotten how to program anymore. So I decided to change industries again, out of desperateness, not a decision, desperateness. Looked at who makes the most money. I heard people in sales do that. So I said, okay, I'm a technical person and how about technical sales? That journey took me on a, on a, like that journey of transitioning from a non-technical to a technical sales role just took me on a roller coaster of lots of identity lost, you know? So lots of advice received, lots of bad advice. And let one thing to another, I changed my name from Nader to Trevor. Why Trevor? Because I used to have an Irish manager at the time. <laughs> and he said, it's an Irish name. And I said, okay. And that was it. You know, it was a decision. I respected him. He was my mentor and I love him. Right. Uh, still to this day, the person, if it's still the final person you go back to, you know, but like at the time, like I need a name. I don't know. What do I call myself? And uh, I'll add this too, that he didn't even comment on this. You know, he, he let me make my, make my own decision you know, Mark. Uh, and that's cool. Like, that's what I still like look at. It gives me goosebumps right now. I'm like really thinking about it. Did he encourage me or influence me? He didn't. He didn't even comment on it. He just, he helped me when I needed help. So long story short, I changed my name to Trevor. And guess what? One thing led to another. I, I got the interview at this company, CDW, uh, amazing organization, love them. And I got the job, but not because my name was Trevor, because of who I am and the skills and capabilities I had, right? So I, I had that realization. And a year went by, I wasn't happy. Again, you know, that wasn't the right fit for me. I wasn't happy. What happened in that year that led to my unhappiness and dissatisfaction was that the name didn't stick with me. So a month went by, everyone was calling me Trevor. I started making friends. Trevor went to Trev. You know, probation finished, started making better friends. Everyone learned about my martial arts background. I've been practicing for 30 years. So the Trev turned into T-Rex because all of a sudden I was this badass guy, right? T-Rex. And then, you know, it's just like, who am I? You know what I mean? And then people were calling me all this stuff. It wouldn't register. I had people walking by calling me. Like, it, it just doesn't register when you're under pressure, when you're working on a project, when you're working with partners, stakeholders, you're on a phone call, you know, you're negotiating, you're asking questions, answering questions, you know, you're under pressure. You're just going to survival mode and these external labels that you're trying to stick to yourself, it just won't stick. You gotta just kind of find yourself, you know? So I experienced that, you know, I experienced that. And again, long story short, a year went by and uh, that job didn't work out for me. So I continued. I made another career decision out of desperateness, you know, but uh, name changing later on working in recruitment, I realized that I wasn't the only one who does that. A lot of people do that. After that, my dad did it. He was unsuccessful. You know, he went from Reza to Ross, you know, pretty decent transition, <laughs> you know, and I'm like Reza, everybody can say Reza. Reza is an action star. Come on now, stay Reza, you know? You're a badass already. And then he didn't. He's like, oh, no, Ross. And then he did it full officially and everything. That didn't work out for him either. Later on, I learned that, oh, my God, we're not the only ones. So many people do it out of desperateness. They think like, and they go through this crisis, just personal identity crisis. 
either lasts for a long time forever if they don't change back or uh you know they'll see the shining light someone gets them to change it back and you know they'll go back to their comfort zone which is their name and their strength really comes from their name so Nader, after that uh stint with that one year stint did you change your name back yep you did yeah I, I, it, that, that's an emotional story. Like I, I you know, I'm, I'm putting myself in your shoes during that time and I could see how it would really affect your subconscious even more than, more than you might imagine. Um, but going through that, um, doing it and then, and then going back to your name, what was the biggest lesson that you learned? So if someone's thinking about doing this at this point, maybe being, you know, given some advice like you were, what would you say to them? Tell them that your name is important to you, right? So if someone gives you that advice, don't just accept it, you know, learn to say no. So it goes back to the very principle of, you know, just listen, understand, comprehend. So comprehension is something that sometimes you need to develop, you know? So you need to maybe learn it from others. Like I say maybe because like that's how I learned it, you know? Uh, I went from total introvert. I didn't talk to nobody. I didn't have friends, you know. Uh, I went through like a whole 180. <laughs> and all that came from experience. I learned it from others. I didn't, I didn't have the talent for it, you know. So, and I've seen over the last 10 years, I've been helping people go through the exact same process. If you've never done it, if you feel like that's just not part of your DNA, let me show you how I changed my DNA. Let me show you how you can do it. And it's just 10 years of that, right? So it just becomes nature. And that's why you need to be able to take a stand, you know, take a stand for who you are, especially if you're a career professional. You know, we always say branding is about taking a stand for something. Well, personal branding is, a, is about taking a stand for you. You know, if, if you're disagreeing with someone's advice, advice about your life and career, you know, like major advice like that, change your name. Like, oh, what, what do you mean change your name? That should be your first impression, you know? But just be open, just be open to it. And from there on, guards back down and just be like, hey, like, why do you say that? Have you experienced something like that? Can you introduce me to others who have done that and have been successful? Just those three questions that I just asked without thinking about it. Just write those three down. Like, just start the conversation from there and look for success stories, you know, and let's talk to those people. And then make the final decision yourself. Don't let anybody influence you really. Cause even if, even if you make that decision and it's totally you know, made from your heart, you experience it. That's cool. It doesn't work out for you. You're conscious of it and you move on. I know I wasn't, I was totally sold. You know, I went through like calling myself, you know, just <laughs> like looking for songs that have the name Trevor and it like, it's really gets, you get mental, you know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and, and speaking of those three items, it seems from me, you know, researching your work, you're kind of a man of threes. Like you do this a lot. You, I know you put up a post earlier in the week. You talked about three salary negotiating tips. You know, timing, make the right offer, learn to say no. Um, is that intentional? What you do? Because I, I feel it's very effective. It's just keeping things simple. You know, uh, everybody likes to keep things simple. But since I working and having gone, grown up as an engineer, like little engineer, I went to every factory with my dad, right? So like looking a very analytical person, I need everything to be very simple. 
that's why today, you know, I'm like, oh my God, we're in a new place. My place is so messy. You can still see a little bit of bed. You know, I just put the shelf up. There's no books there. Those are the books that I that travel with. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was like, so I feel bad, you know, we're like not to the point of agitation, but the average person could be really agitated by things being misorganized, especially like an analytical person, like an engineer. So I've always learned to keep things very, very concise, very clear, simple steps. Uh, sometimes not even reveal the next step until we finish the first. That works too. You know, sometimes I have to be that extreme to successfully coach someone through, let's say, that transition bridge because you, you they'll see the three parts. They'll see that the beginning is okay. You know, all the boards look you know nice and shiny. Everything has a you know everything's beautiful, but in the middle it gets messy, right? We're missing some of those. <laughs> There's no guardrail in the middle. <laughs> so if they see that, they're not going to get on the, they're not going to even begin to attempt to take a step forward. So sometimes just, you know, putting a curtain in front of uh, step number two and three until we finish step number one, that also helps too. So one step at a time, literally one foot at a time. But uh, three step is great. So you see a foundation, I'll look at it again as a, as a triangle. Uh, you know, if you look at like a pyramid or a triangle, again, being a geek nerdy guy, you know, stronger, strongest shape and, you know, pyramids and we can go and get all mystical there. <laughs> but, you know, like when I explain things like this to engineers, you know, the three, they get it, you know, it's very fundamental to them. They, they get it. Uh, and, it, and as they want to go through this transformation, through this transition, the three steps that I take them through, the, the way I divide it, I help them with their personal branding. You know, so branding is really step number one. Who are you? Let's figure out if we have a good understanding of who you are, what you've done. You know, are you self-aware? Do you know what you're capable of? Can I help you uncover some of your capabilities so we can develop a personal brand? Again, take a stand for a particular thing. Uh, that's step number one. So that gives them a great self, you know, self-realization or self-understanding. And can you just expand on when you talk about personal brand, when you're talking to one of your clients, what exactly do you mean? Are you talking about making sure your LinkedIn profile reflects who you are? What, are, you, are you talking about building a website for, yep. for yourself? What, what does all this mean? I start from what are the problems you're passionate about solving? So we talk about problems and where those problems occur. You know, so if you look at those two things where where are those what are those problems so that person would come and say you know i'm a software engineer i develop applications you know the applications allow you to access our website and our database with your phone and download some data or play some game great so where do those problems occur in these types of companies then we go and really target the right type of company so we'll say okay well software computer software specifically mobile software and gaming let's go and find you know, specifically 20 top 20 gaming, specific mobile gaming companies in San Francisco or in San Jose or in LA, wherever you live and develop a brand around that. So our story should be along with them. I always say that your mission should be aligned with that company's vision. You know, if they, if as a company, their vision is to make sure that their user have a, you know, reliable, secure, and you know, fluent experience playing our games online so they can be happy. You know, if that's kind of their vision to have certain types of games, then your mission should, as a game designer, as a software engineer, should be to develop specifically those types of games. You know, not all kinds of games, but 
let's say RPG type games, um, you know, uh, racing games, whatever they are, you know. So if it's, it could be games, it could be automotive, you know, as a mechanical engineer, you can work in any company. So which company do you specifically want to work for? We have to choose. We can't keep it open. We have to take a stand for automotive and say that we care about automotive and then say, well, the problems I solve in an automotive company are these three things. Now that could be a variety, but I'll give you an example. It could be, for example, with the interior plastic parts, you know, design of interior plastic parts. So there are specific softwares for that. There are specific materials for that, which are plastics, polymers, and there's specific people that you work with. And there's a specific environment you work with. You probably don't even work in the factory. You work in an office because there's no welding. There's no paint. You're just designing interior, small plastic parts. So that's where I help them. You know, exactly who are you? What do you want to do? Which industry do you want to work with? Which specific companies? And then what are the problems that you solve? And that's your brand that's that's who you are you know i solve these problems in this industry and that's where the conversations start and and then from there nader how, how do you help the individual position their brand is it in here is it is it on the resume is it all the above how, how do you take that information and bring it to the you know potential employer yeah so i take them through a step-by-step process to write it down uh, on the resume first and then on the cover letter and then on the on your LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn houses everything. You know, it's 10 times more important than resume and a cover letter together. But resume and a cover letter as like a poster, you know, within one page, both should be no more than one page, very clear, very concise. If it's a cover letter, 200 words, 150, 200 words, believe it or not. If it's a resume, 450, 500 words, that's it, one page. So that's a poster. So for you to take a look at it and be able to give it to someone, for them to be able to capture that, understand this is who you are, this is what you stand for, and these are the problems that you solve. The third piece of the puzzle is how you solve those problems, which you know either your past experience, if you are an experienced professional, or your past education, certification, if you're a new graduate, those shine light or you know, this is how I got the skills so I can solve these problems. And my brand is, is a decision. I like automotive because I like automotive because my dad's a mechanic. Or I like games because I grew up playing games. I'm good at them. I want to continue there. Wonderful. You have a passion for it. So I help them write it down. And primarily we focus on one formula, which is the STAR method, S-T-A-R. So how can you basically tell a clear, concise, personalized, and effective story of your past, present, future? This is what I did in the past. This is what I educated and experienced working. From all that experience and education, I learned these three skills, these problems I solve today, and this is my goal for the future. Moving forward, I would like to solve similar problems that are related to my three skills in a particular industry, which happens to be yours. <laughs> you know, So the STAR method is great, and it's, it's a source you can find online on YouTube. There's tens of hours, hundreds of hours of training on the STAR method um, so we can tell our story better. That's brilliant, Nader. And I would love just if you could give us a quick overview. If there's young kids listening who are thinking about engineering as a career, because I know it's so broad. You just mentioned a couple of small examples, gaming, you know, auto. How would you describe engineering to a, to a youngster who doesn't know anything about it? 
Yeah, I would say, so again, we're very aligned with, I keep saying, you know, find a problem to solve because that's really the solution for, I wish, I wish I was introduced to it that way because I wouldn't choose electronics engineering. You know, I studied electronics and at the time it was cool. That was it. You know, I wanted to learn robots because I was a big fan of the movie Terminator. Like that does, that's how I was thinking, man. You know, that's most people like kids. I was 17, 18, you know. It's like, I grew up, that would be so cool, you know, like robots and, you know, cool electronics sounds cool. And then in electronic school, I gravitated towards software, you know, robotic software, but I didn't know what I would do with it, you know, outside of like fantasy. And, you know, I didn't really know what I do with it. You know, we had a successful project, you know, tell it uh, in, in the healthcare sector, we had, we built a robotic arm. So it was overall, the success is there, but you know, what, what happened after, there wasn't really passion for it internally, you know, so I didn't really know what to do next with what I learned, where, for example, my dad is a mechanic, my grandfather is a mechanic, my brother is a mechanic, they're all mechanical engineers. So if I had like gone on, let's say a path that I don't want to say in this case, just follows them, maybe I would have found more alignment, you know, more success. And I, I, I'm pointing, I'm going to say you want say one more thing too, but I'm pointing this out first because I also hear a lot of people, especially like I was young one day, just like I said, we purposefully like go against our parents' advice. Like we won't do it just because you told me to. I felt like I've done that a lot with my dad and a lot of people do it still to this day and just you know, I don't have any children today, but even to my dog, when I tell him not to do something, he, he does it, you know, sometimes. And I'm like, oh, you know, you're catching this, instincts. <laughs> you know, and instincts, right? So, uh, and I've heard other parents, you know, same thing. So I'm like, wow, like I used to do that. I've made decisions just to be a rebellious person, you know, so definitely don't do that. But uh, when you're looking at thinking about engineering, a lot of engineering starts by exploration. So if you don't like to explore, you're not going to be good at engineering. You know, if you want answers to be in front of you, you know, and I say this, I've said this a lot of times. I say this when I say engineering and art is the same. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> like they're totally opposite. I'm like, no, it's the same, man. Cause you have to be an explorer. You have to visualize, especially in an early age. Cause an engineer, I would say, <laughs> you know, like comparing engineers and scientists and like, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to create a, 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 a conversation out of this year, maybe. But the difference is, is like you explore and sometimes you like to explore. You stay a scientist. And I say, I say you stay just to bug them. Right. I work with a lot of scientists too. I love them. <laughs> you know, my mom's a biologist, you know, my, my wife's a scientist. Uh, but uh, some, you know, if you like, if you like, if you know that, hey, maybe I think I like engineering, begin with exploration, understand science, understand physics and chemistry. You can't, you can't skip them, you know. Uh, understand it. And then when you learn, you know, what's really possible, what can I do with materials, you know, with like organics and then non-organics. And then you learn. Then you can really make your way to mechanical stuff. And then software really comes at the end. And I'm pointing this out because today everybody's starting with the end. Everybody just wants to become a software developer. They're ignoring, like, I don't blame them because you might be 18 years old, 20 years old, listening to this podcast right now. I was in the same shoes as you. 
So tap into the resources, explore to find out uh, what are the really requirements for software engineering skills in 10 years from now. Not even five years, 10 years from now, because five years you'll just graduate, you know, if you're going into school right now. If you're going to master's, oh, you're going to be a young engineer with three years of experience 10 years from today. So look at data that, that really is, is going to paint a picture for you 10 years from today. And you'll see this like a turn back where we're missing people in fundamental engineering, uh, like river engineering, oceaneering. You know, I don't want to point just, I would, this list, I'm going to stop right there because I got excited, but that list is really long. So I don't want to influence you going to Googling like river engineering or oceaneering right now. It's just like marine engineering altogether is so cool. You know, if you want to get into it and you'll, it's just, I'm passionate about it because a lot of people are retiring in that, in, in that sector. You know, they've spent 50 years in Marine and they've, they own the oceans and the seas of the world. So like, how cool would it be if you're on the same path? Right. So it just gives me goosebumps talking about some of this stuff is, uh, you gotta, you gotta learn to see if you get a kick out of it, you know? So that's the exploration. You gotta be an explorer learn the science and then don't even think about what am I going to do? You'll find out that's, that's the part. That's the purpose of the exploration. You know, you don't need to know what's on the other side of the jungle. You'll find out when you get there, you know, it depends on the path you take to there, you know, and you have to find your own path. I love the way you uh, position that Nader. And, you know, again, just taking a step back, it seems, it seems that engineering is everywhere, right? It's, it's, there's, virtually every industry. I mean, is that right? It, so you're just saying be an explorer, find yeah. what you're really passionate about, and then dive in and, and see what might be available within that, within that industry, within that sector. Do I have that yeah. right? Yeah. So I'll flip the formula around. So let's say now you're looking at this whole scenario from an employer's point of view, you know, uh, let's talk about again, marine engineering and I'm going to put another one in there, mining. They're like, oh, mining, dying industry. Really? Okay. <laughs> you know, let's look at some data. And, you know, if you're young, then no, no, no. It's just starting for you. You're like standing in the, in the, you're too close to the door, to the big gate of just like abundance in an industry. So in three, like three to five years, some of these industries are going to go through massive shortage. So if you like certain things, if you like blowing stuff up, <laughs> no, you know, looking in like explore, see, okay, what can I do with, you know, combustion, combustion engineering? Like if I were to actually become like specialist in a particular area, just start reading about mining and then you'll come across like ventilation and you're like, Ooh, how can people breathe, you know, a few hundred feet down and you'll learn that like HVAC, you know, heating and, there is like clean air, there's clean air, like every stuff, like how do they do that? You know, I like working in the mountains, you know, I like growing up in the Hollywood Hills, you know, uh, it would be so cool to see. And then you can explore, like as I'm exploring right now, just staying creative, you know, Elon Musk, the underground tunnels. Well, isn't that mining? That's exactly what it is, you know, it's the underground tunnels, like, underground, anything that has to be under the sea surface. You know, we have to displace soil and put a structure, you know, reinforced concrete structure underneath. 
that is its own industry. And if you start by that, by having the story in your mind, developing the passion, when you get to that employer and you're looking at things from an employer's point of view, that's the thing that employers don't see often. Someone is coming in with the passion of and being able to have a story to tell, a few examples to give, you know, of why I want to go and work on this. Like Elon Musk is hiring like crazy right now. And he said, you just have to have basic intellect communication skills and not even high school diploma. But do you think that he's going to just bring anyone in off the street? No, he wants someone who can tell him a story. That's it. You can look, you can not look the part. You can look like you're not supposed to even be there. If you can tell the right story to him, I believe you can get a job. You know, if you, Elon would pay you. If you just tell him that, you know, I'm crazy about this one thing and let me tell him, give me five minutes or 15 minutes or whatever. Let me just tell you why I'm totally passionate about this. And if you can explain to them from that point of view, just really looking forward, keep the frame of reference forward, you know, talk about the next five, 10 years, not even five, 10 years. That's what's pulling me. You know, that's what I'm passionate about, regardless of my skills and experience or anything that I've done in the past. I'm ready to dedicate everything I've got in my soul to this particular mission. And that's why it matters. You know, that's why it matters to, to explore and be an explorer. Uh, Elon would be, a, I, like, I like him because he's a, just the way he's a visionary. He likes to do things. He's a disruptor. So a message like that resonates with a lot of people. Maybe you think it's easy to just get a job there, but no, he, he's just smart to look at the hiring from the other side. Most companies, they, they look at it based on your resume, your skills, your education. They qualify you first. You know, did you, did you work somewhere else? Okay, cool. So why do you want to work for us? You know, it's still like that's one of the standard operating procedures that, you know, it's crazy. My head spins when it still happens widely versus... Why do you want to work for us? Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much. It's nice to meet you. Great to meet you. So can you tell me more about yourself? You know, what are some of your skills that, that enable you to, to be confident for working for us? You know, that, that's just so much more human, <laughs> you know, to do that. That's incredible. And again, I appreciate the other example about the mining. You know, that's, that's something who would have ever thought about that. But I, you know, I think of my wife and I were, were talking to our son 13, soon to be 14 the other day, does really well in school. Um, they, they, they did a, a, a recent tour at, at an engineering school. He's thinking about it, but he doesn't really know what it is. He loves Minecraft. He loves Minecraft. You know, he knows about all the tools and everything yep. else. And, you know, just planting these little seeds for, for our younger generation, I think is tremendous. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to explain that because it's something I didn't ever think about and i'm sure many of our listeners haven't thought about it either so yeah. excellent excellent and just to finish up on the branding um i did have one one follow-up question because that was that was prior to that last discussion but you were talking about how you help people find themselves set new goals um and then what about self-awareness i know that's really important to you yeah, I think that's that's where happiness comes from internally, you know, just on your own. If you're if you know where you are and you know why you're here, so you're you're aware. Like self-awareness and self-acceptance go together. 
it's like the yin and yang for me like they're, they're connected together you can't not i can't say i don't mean to say you can't have one without another because you know you can have either or you can have full sex self-acceptance and you just got it all wrong man <laughs> you know you're not where you are you know what i mean you're just going through a phase you know i've been there so many times you can be on the other side you know uh you can have self-awareness and be like depressed have anxiety i've been there so many times because i don't i don't like who i am i don't like and we all go through it you know so it's not like these are common scenarios you can be self-aware and not accept it you can accept who you are and just not be self-aware that's not really who you are you know uh, but ideally you want to have them both together you know if you're aware of who you are and you accept it that's just this one condition, <laughs> you know, you are aware of who you are and you accept it. That's the, the third, or it's not, a, I don't look at it as a third, as the only condition to be in, you know, and uh, you're happy. You know? Awesome. You grow, you grow, you grow, you become a better version of yourself. You become more self-aware and you naturally accept to be that person. And that probably doesn't, won't lead with, to the big transformation, but you continue to grow and grow and grow. You become more self-aware. And then just life is telling you that, you know what, this isn't me anymore. You know, I don't, I don't accept just being a great recruiter. This is again, the conversation on LinkedIn from two days ago. Uh, I, I resigned, I quit. I was self-employed as a recruiter, self-employed. I was making good money. You know, the year that I stopped in November, it was three years, four years ago now, 2020, yeah, four years ago. Like I made 80 grand less in the following year. I lost accounts. I lost, I, I told people no, because I don't offer that service anymore. And isn't that strange? It's like, if you're a gym owner, you close your gym and people are coming to you. Like, I want to work out here. We're like, well, we're closed. Why? Because I don't want to be a gym owner anymore. Well, but I want to be a bodybuilder. You know what I mean? But you're good at it. I like your machines. You know, you have a great pool and great sauna here. Can I come in and swim? Like, no, because I'm not a gym owner anymore, you know? So that's fine. You can become the best at what you do. So continue to become self-aware, accept it, accept it, accept it. But you're going to naturally get that itch to become a better, like a total better version of yourself to go through a transformation. And I feel like that's just subconscious. It's always happened to me. And you don't really, you can't plan for it. You just got to go for it. You know, it's the end. It's what's going to happen at the end of the tunnel. You just got to go there. You know, there's going to be a lot of darkness walking alone, but as long as you go there, you'll get there. And that's when you are again, a high performer. You can be a fantastic salesperson. You're very self-aware and you just realize that, you know what? I don't accept this anymore. I need to be a manager. I need to be a director. I need to be on my own. Or you, you want to go through that next transformation phase. So, now you're self-aware, you're not accepting yourself anymore. You have to make that leap forward to this new realm where, again, you're now accepting yourself in a new position, maybe not as aware as a director now anymore. You know, you got to educate, you got to go through a new journey. Life. Fantastic. And that's a great transition into the next topic I had, which is marketing, because there's, there's so many things about marketing. And I know you like to talk about all of this stuff that, that make it up that we may not typically think about, you know, uh, networking, uh, direct marketing, messaging, emailing. These are things that, that you're really good at talking about. Uh, and then into the whole personal part about, you know, having confidence and self-acceptance. So if you could get into some of 
um, you know, your skill set here so people could really understand how you approach marketing? Yeah, hundred uh, percent. And again, we're we're kind of telling the story. We're right, right on the same path. So as we're going through that tunnel, you know, you're going through a lot of darkness. You know, you're going through a lot of challenges. You you have to now you figure it out who you are. You develop a personal brand. You have a resume. You have a cover letter. You have a LinkedIn profile. You figured yourself out. Now you gotta just communicate with the world. You gotta let other people. You know, I always say this and. You know, I'm really developing a whole a system around this after 10 years that when you're looking at transitions anywhere in life or career, people are the pathway, right? So that's just been my saying. I've probably learned it from someone else. You know, it's just, again, rules of this planet at least that we live on. You know, if you want to grow, you got to, people are the key, you know? So once I learned that and just realized that, I tried to battle it. A lot of people battle that. How can I get around people and get to another? You just got to find the people that can guide you through your journey. You know, if there are missing links, those links most of the times isn't just another piece of education or certificate or it's, it isn't really just personal training. You just need some, you just need some help. You need someone to help you. So raise your hand up and ask, you know, although that will be the most diff and that will be the most difficult thing you'll do. But, it's downhill from there. If you ask and get someone to help you involve that person in your life, you know, your life's going to get better and better every day. You know, as you're walking through that tunnel, the light gets, you know, brighter and brighter. And that's when I look at marketing, marketing or, you know, networking, just actively getting out there, communicating who you are, what you do, what problems you solve, you know, what your brand is, just telling people what, what it is that you do in which company, in which kind of companies, which industries and which problems. You keep repeating that. Uh, that's the act of marketing. Now, nowadays we have social marketing, you know, we have social networking and we have all these tools and bells and whistles. We didn't have those 20 years ago. So you don't need to really utilize any of them uh, to be successful. However, if there are tools, then why not use some of those tools? Like LinkedIn is our favorite place for making, you know, connections, especially as a career professional, uh, directly reaching out, you know, not being, you know, I help a lot of my clients just have a clear mindset first, but then a clear instructions, set of instructions to know in the companies that I want to work for, how can I find the right people and what do I say to them? That's marketing. It's like, okay, I found the guy. He's telling me the guys, the people are the path. I know the hiring manager at, you know, this company, but I don't know what to say to them. I hear you. That's, you're not alone. That's very common that becomes the, the, the act of marketing, direct marketing. So from that invitation message you sent to that person to you introducing yourself to them, then sharing your brand with them. Well, this is why I reached out to you. This is a, these are the industries I'm passionate about. These are the problems that I solve. I hope you find value in that. And then to your follow-ups, you know, we do at least like three to five rounds of follow-ups. Hey, came across your profile again, reminded me of this. Here's an article I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, just really sharing more value. I know I hate to say sharing value because if people, when everyone says it, they're like, okay, what, what do you mean? You know, so my answer is always the same. You know, find out again what problems do they have and how can you add information that would help them solve that problem? You know, add or share resources that could potentially 
get them to go to that website that you're thinking of that may help me get to the, get get a solution for my problem. So there's a lot of again curiosity. You got to be curious. You got to explore. You got to be able to guess and be okay with your guess and write it. You know, hey, I I noticed you work in you sell, let's say, I, I noticed you sell mining equipment, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I saw you work in the HVAC industry. I, I heard, and I came across this local company that might, you might want to reach out to and connect with, you know, what am I to say? You're an HVAC, they're in HVAC. I just know them, you know, so <laughs> that's it. That's, that's pretty cool. That's this thing. You went out of your way to connect two people together, two companies together. That's all it is, you know? So, that is not soliciting, you know, you're not selling anything. You're just sharing something that could potentially, maybe if there's a 20% chance, they're going to be like, oh, cool. You should send it. You know, if, you, if there's a 20% chance, send that message, get it out there. So uh, that's what I love to focus on. You know, just help someone that I work with be comfortable with the act of doing that. But sometimes it's not, it's not sending of a, it's not the email that's hard. You know, here's something that I found. I know Roger likes podcast. Roger, I came across another podcast. I thought maybe you'll like it. Cool. That's it. Happy Sunday. I have a good day. D done. So it, that's not that, that it's difficult. It's actually doing it. And I hope I'm like, people will understand. You know, sometimes you don't want to call someone. It's not the calling that's easy. I can dial a phone number. It's like, what are they going to say? You know, what am I going to say? It's just actually doing it. You get paralyzed at that moment. I find myself just kind of holding people's hands and just maybe doing a few with them, just being there as an accountability partner and being there to provide support. Like, Hey, well, if they ever said something that you weren't able to answer on your own, I'll help you answer it. You know? So they're like, Oh, cool. Not going to be there to answer it. You know, or Roger's going to help me with that. That's great. That's at a, at a pivotal point in someone's career. It's great to have someone as a backbone to back you up. Uh, but the, fa the, the action of reaching out, it allows you to market yourself and reach out regularly. Fantastic. Uh, you said so many good things there. A couple of things popped into my mind. One is uh, one of my mentors is David Meltzer. And he, uh, when you were talking about value, he, he said something to me and he says this all the time and it makes a lot of sense. And I, I would love to pass this along too and get your thoughts. One, um, when you go to people, ask them how you could be of service to them. You know, what can you do potentially? But you have to get creative. Maybe not just ask that specific question, but how can I X, Y, Z and figure it out specific to them? And then the second thing is, which I love that he says is, don't be afraid to ask the person, do you know anyone who could help me? So people love to help others. I mean, instinctively, we want to help others. But, but unless you ask, it, it, people won't know that you need something. Yeah. So uh, again, I like to pass this along in these conversations because it's so relevant to what you're talking about. And I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Are, are you in agreement that if someone is has, having a dialogue, that it's okay to ask them if they know of someone that can help? Yeah, and let them help you. So there, yes, that's my answer. And let them help you because I help people on the other side. I'm helping them. Sometimes I see others. Les Brown, I got to say this off my chest. Les Brown has a quote that says, sometimes people don't participate in their own survival. 
And then he continues to say that sometimes it's just happening too many times. Mm. They're not participating. So he has a, I love Les and, you know, again, goosebumps kind of guy, right? <laughs> uh, been listening to him for probably more decade, if not more. But those are the things that you realize that I've been, I've been, again, I've been there. So I've been places, you know, struggling with drugs, alcohol, you know, cigarettes, it's a battle probably stronger than both of them, you know, but like now being completely like substance free, like it's like that. It's not that it's not again, very unique. A lot of people go through it through different things. It could be that, you know, that one cigarette or three cigarettes a day that you have to have. Right. And you know, you gotta, you're dying, man. You know, that you're here, you're coughs, you're not sleeping. You're going through, you can see the symptoms, you can see the negative results, but you won't participate in your own survival. So, that's what I would say. Let them help you, you know, because a lot of, you know, I haven't done an AA or anything like that. For me, it's just been very kick in the ass, cold, cold turkey, everything. Uh, there's been relapses. Yeah. You know, but at the last times, you know, it's like five plus years ago. It's just cold turkey. You know, it's just like you realize that, okay, done. I'm dying. You know, if I don't change, you know, for me, I actually had a near death experience six years ago, which kind of led to all that stuff. But, uh, you know, you just got to let people help you, you know, because you can sometimes just have the attitude to ask. Some people are okay with asking, you know, but they're not okay with letting people help them because they're too arrogant, you know. You know, so there's, there's so many stages to that. Uh, but let ask people for help because it's good for you. It's good for them too. You know, they're going through their own personal development journey. Uh, if they don't know how to answer that, I had this yesterday. I have this comment, like, we get an answer and I can read into it. I'm like, well, don't be upset. It seems like, like they don't know how to help you. They're, they're responded, you know, nice person, you know, clearly nice person It's three paragraphs, but they're explaining how much like they want to help you. They're not saying that, but how much they don't know how to help you, you know? So like, it makes me like puts a smile. Times. I'm like, that's so cool. Like I love you. Human, good human being, right? Let's yes. make this person our friend. So, you might be like, woo, you know, I want to back off. And you may start ghosting them at that point. But no, 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 ask one more time, you know. Ask, you know, like you said, if it's not you, do you know anybody else who can help me? Or, you know, is there anything I can do to clarify whatever the question was? If you asked a specific question, you know, you don't even have to ask to clarify. Just re-say it again, you know, use different words. Just explain it again, you know. Sometimes I put, you know, when I do it, I put it in a PS. So I agree with that person and be like, okay, if it's an outright rejection or something like that, but okay, now I understand. I want to say thank you just since, because you wrote back, wish you a great day, not her PS. And I'll go like, you go back into the selling mode, right? And that's what you're doing. And I'm specifically saying selling because we're on our way to go from marketing to selling. So you have to ask again, if you, the second time that you ask, you're really, you're selling. And the third time you ask, you're closing. You're trying to close the deal. So it's all part of the sales process. All, you're negotiating. We're getting to that final destination, right? So I agree with you 100%. You know, ask because it's good for you. It's good for them. And then let them ask. Let them help you. Be okay with going through that journey with them. They're trying to, they're learning. They're not a, they're not a professional coach. If they're not, then... Don't expect a quick answer, quick, quick solution right away. Go through that journey with them. Help them help you. Awesome. Uh, one of the things I would love to get your take on, 
uh, as we finish up marketing here is podcasting, right? What we're doing right now. Podcasting is such a great way to connect with people, number one. Uh, you and I, before a week or two ago, we didn't know each other, right? Total uh, maybe strangers. Total strangers. <laughs> but, but podcasting does something. Uh, you're able to, to build a rapport with someone. You're able to offer someone a value. Of course, there's no money exchange with this. You're giving your valuable time to our listeners, um, and, and you're doing me a favor by coming on the show. So it, it's, a, it's a win, win, win for everyone involved. Um, I would love your take for, again, even the industry that you serve, isn't podcasting a great way to connect with people and to offer even additional value? 100%. Uh, when I started writing articles like seven, eight years ago, that's when I realized, okay, I have to take my, my business. I just started this business and we're not doing well. The first two years haven't broken even. I need to do something, right? So I started with blogs and podcasts, you know, specifically, well, we started with blogs and that's the first thing I did because I didn't have the confidence to get on a podcast, <laughs> you know, and then later on the, when the real success came from an engineering podcast, <laughs> you know what I mean? So for me, I've actually have that experience, you know, a lot of people have podcasts are fantastic because you can sit there. Like for me, it's, it's, I'm going to change the word sit there. So just sitting on driving, you know, like long drives. We all have long drives, you know, 30 minute drive, at least to the gym for me. So 30 minutes there, 30 minutes back. That's a full hour, a little bit of traffic. And it's an hour and a half of either listening to music. So I tell people I don't listen to music. I don't, I haven't listened to music in many years. Like I don't want to say 10 years cause I keep saying 10 years, but when I got busy, maybe like seven years ago, like all hands on deck, started getting really busy and realized the value of personal development. I fell in love with courses and just educational, any educational source of music was just like, <laughs> I don't want to listen to you anymore. You know, so today I encourage everyone, I ask them, you know, first we have a question, you know, what do you do? What's your day look like? And I figure out like, so what do you listen to? And I kind of lead them into that trap, <laughs> you know, and then I realized how long, how much, and like I tried to limit it for them and like fit in like, well, I always encourage them not to listen to a podcast while working out because then they're not getting either of those. They're not concentrating on their body. They're not concentrating on their mind. But so listen to music while you're working out. If you want to do that, I don't because I lose my concentration. I like to kind of listen, focus on my breath work and all that stuff. But if you're outside of the gym, switch from music to podcast. That's, that's like I always share that, you know, uh, it's done wonders for me. You don't realize after that, if three months go by and I did a math for them, you know, you go to the gym three times a week, you got an hour drive there and back. It's three hours a week times four, that's 12 hours a week times three months. You know, it's 36 hours of education in just three months, you know, in a year, that's over 120 hours of education. <laughs> you know, as long as you choose the right source, you're going to be, you're going to go through, you're going to be a different person, you know, yeah. you're just going to have so much knowledge. So podcasts are because they fit in so well in our daily lives. They can fill in all these gaps that we fill in with music. I have nothing against music. You know, it's just, it's one thing that can go like TV. We have a TV in our other room, barely ever turn it on. <laughs> I don't know why we have a TV. So 
you've, you've got to find your relationship with these devices, you know, with your phone, with music, with TV, if they can go, just get rid of them for, for a specific amount of time so you can go through your own transformation. Yeah, no, and, and, and listening to podcasts is, uh, as you said, you know, just an amazing tool. Uh, but from a sales standpoint, being on this side of it, yeah. you know, hosting your own show is not that hard to do today, right? So it's not that complicated. Yeah. And if everyone has Zoom, you know, and everyone has Audacity, there's different platforms. So from a sales tool, think about this. You want to reach people in your industry that you've had a hard time connecting with, reach out to them and ask them if they'd like to be a guest on your show. 100%. It's an incredible tool. And I'm really passionate about teaching people how to podcast because it's, it's like anything. Like for me this week, um, of course, I work all week full time, but I squeeze in in the evenings and on the weekends, I do these interviews because not only am I doing it for myself, I'm learning from you today. Um, I learned from my previous guests. I'm going to learn three more times today. You open yourself up to having so much more knowledge and information and building your network of like-minded people and maybe people that challenge you a little bit. That's so true. Like I know my clients are going to listen to this podcast. Uh, half are, you know, at the leadership role in their career. I always encourage them again to start writing your own article and, Again, I wish more people did, you know, so the transition is really, I guess, they may find it comfortable to start publishing. I still work with a lot of people who haven't published yet. Uh, but hey, if you're listening to this, I mean, Roger's so on point, you know, just you can catapult yourself forward by just skipping that point. Don't skip it. You can do that too, but get on a... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use Roger's setup too here with the Hollywood <laughs> with the background and setup that <laughs> he has, <laughs> you know. But like a very simple setup, uh, you can really just if you do five episodes, even imagine what five episodes it could take you five hours of your time. You know, I can even help people set this up. You know, if if, if you work hard, if you already work with me, let me know. I'll help you set it up. <laughs> like the messaging, because that's what I'm thinking. How can I send an invitation message? to a, like a C-level executive as a director, senior director who's passionate about, for example, a few clients right now, we have customer success, you know, enterprise solutions, you know. If there is a particular, you know, NoSQL database that you're an expert at, just reach out to five senior executives. They could be, let's, you can do even do one company because like we focus on companies do, just reach out to like three executives from Oracle or ex-executive, senior executive from that used to spend a decade in Oracle, and we can send a simple message, hey, uh, you know, I'm on, I'm on a transition right now, uh, focusing on a podcast, putting my brand out there. I'm really passionate about NoSQL databases, which I which happens to be your specialty, <laughs> you know? So I'd love to take 30 minutes. A message simple like that, we can create that, but get on that call and uh, take your career and theirs, their career to the next level too. Absolutely. And people, you know, I could talk from experience. People are honored when you reach out to them. Now, you're not going to get everyone to say yes, but I tell you, a, a, a vast majority of people will make time for you. They'll be flattered. They want to share their knowledge and information. But I love what you said about writing too, Nader, because that, that's something else I'm passionate about. We, we actually help people to write blogs and to write their first book and to do podcasts. So we call it, you know, write, speak, and own your story. It's those three things uh, that they tie in together. But even if you did a podcast like this, 
you could take the content from the podcast, have it transcribed, and it could become a blog. You know, so you could get really creative in, in how you build your own little brand, Absolutely. you know, off of just what we're talking about here right now. So yeah, I, no, I didn't, we didn't plan invaluable. to talk about this today. <laughs> you know, we didn't plan to talk about this today, but it's really relevant to, to everything that you're all about. And I'm, I'm glad we kind of landed here before we get into the, the next and final piece, which is sales. Uh, something <laughs> I'm passionate about. I started out in sales by following a writer, Jeffrey Gittimer. He wrote the little red book of selling and that propelled my career. Like I can't tell you. And, and I'd love to dive in with you about your approach to sales um, and, and all the things that uh, you, uh, you know, embody when you talk to your clients. For sure. Uh, I love selling because you're at, again, going, look, if you're visualizing that tunnel, so you're going through that tunnel, you're going through that bridge, you're going through a transition the sales guy is normally the guy towards the end, you know? So if you're a sales guy, you're helping people kind of make those final decisions. You know, I use sales skills to get people to sign up to my course. I sell, I use sales skills to help people or to make people make decisions, you know, help people or make people. I say that specifically, just make them. If you know that they're, that's the right decision, make him do it ethically. So utilizing ethical sales strategies, techniques, clear, concise communication, help them make that decision, you know, cause sometimes that's all they need. And that's their problem. Their problem is making that decision. Do I invest or not? Do I buy or not? Do I take these 10 hours or not? Do I left, make a left turn or right turn? Which one? It could be as simple as that. So as, a, as an ethical salesperson, you're, you're, you could be a sales salesperson by title. You could be a coach like me. So it doesn't come with the title sales, but I use sales, you know, techniques. So it doesn't matter what your profession, you know, what profession you're in, but being a good salesperson allows you to influence others, you know? So if they need to make that decision and you're the expert, you're the subject matter expert, you know, that's the right decision, whether that decision is something that has to do totally with them or totally with you because you're selling them a product or a solution. Sales allows you to make sure that that solution is provided to so the exchange, the exchange of hands, right? Uh, here's something I have. Now you have it. I think it's a good decision. Up until a minute ago, you thought it wasn't. Now you do as well. Now we both think it's a good decision. So you should do it. Great. Do it. <laughs> you know, and then they actually do it and you follow up with them. That's a good sales. You know, it's a good sales process. Uh, so it, I, I like it because it's an enabler. You know, I look at myself as an enable, uh, enabler of, you know, just getting the ball rolling, either solving a problem altogether, you know, turn right and you're there. Problem solved. Or yeah, make that decision. It's going to take three months, two hours a week. You're going to have to eat right. You're going to have to exercise. You know, you have to do all that stuff. And then it's right. It, it will work. There's, if you do that, there's absolutely no reason why it wouldn't work. You know, so do it. Um, that's great. So it's a start of a new journey. So either the journey is just complete decision made or it's you, you set someone on a new journey. I love that. And I know you also like to talk about how you help people communicate effectively. Can yeah. you expand on that? Of course, uh, we get we get excited, right? It's again, so natural. 
it's human. We meet someone new. We're like, hi, Roger. Let me tell you, yeah, this is what I do. I have engineers. It's like, whoa, 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 slow down. I know you're passionate. <laughs> you know, I know you like this stuff. <laughs> but I just met you, right? So let's, uh, let me just, comp let me understand and comprehend. Because you, maybe you're an engineer, maybe I'm not. You know, figure, like, let's take some time together. So especially, again, I work with a lot of individuals who are going through career transition. Either they're currently employed, they want a better job, for one of many reasons, or they're currently unemployed, they need to get hired. Um, they need to create income, they need to be happy. For one of those reasons, regardless, and maybe more when you're unemployed, you're more agitated, you're more nervous, you're more anxious. So when you're speaking, you would speed up a bit more, you would like chew over some of your words, you haven't maybe practiced enough. So that allows you to be an ineffective salesperson because a salesperson needs to talk and listen at the same time, right? Uh, regardless of if you're talking on a phone or a podcast or a video or face-to-face, -face. it's great if you're face-to-face -face or if you see that person because body language is part of it. You know, when they're smiling, when they're not smiling, when they're, you know, you say something and they're scratching, you know, their, their head, uh, that's, that's a sign, you know? Uh, but even on the phone, just, the tonality is extremely important because that person might be saying something, maybe answering a yes or a no in a tone that just, it's a heavy yes or it's a heavy no. So keeping things clear so the emotions are clear. Emotions are just, everything's on a table, no hidden emotions. And concise so that the length and the duration of the conversation, the duration of the sentences you're saying are shorter literally easier to comprehend and the person can as you're speaking they're listening they're hearing new words and they have to understand it if they don't understand it they wouldn't be able to form another sentence in real time and respond to you and if that's not going to happen then it's just a one-way conversation my friend you know uh, you don't want to have those Nader, wow, you have dropped so much great knowledge, information. I know this is not going to be our last conversation. This is going to be the first of many. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on our show. I uh, can't wait to introduce you to our audience. And uh, But before I, I let you go, how do people reach you if they're interested in your services? A uh, great place to find me would be LinkedIn. If you connect with me on LinkedIn, that would be wonderful. But uh, we're just about to launch a new, a new company, uh, a new brand, if you will. I'm going on a new transform in a new journey. I'm starting a new journey in, in, uh, on the first day of spring, March 19th. So we have under 34 days left, <laughs> 34, 35 days left, uh, a start of a new journey for me. And, uh, the website will be www.engineeryourmission.com. So engineeryourmission.com. Again, my journey of helping others plan, define, design, and engineer the journey that they want to be on, the mission that they want to be on. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be a combination of another three-step process, you know, a three-step formula that allows them to choose the right target, choose the right destination, figure out where they want to go, Step number one, then step number two, figure out where they are right now. Self-awareness, self-acceptance, you know, and then the mission is to go from where you are right now to where you need to be, where you know you've already done the due diligence. That's the first thing you did. You know you want to be there. You have defined it. 
So for me and my clients, again, goes back to a lot of things we talked about today, which industry, which company, which niche, which product, which solution, which problems do we solve? How is that related to you? How would that be aligned with your brand? Okay, we'll go figure that out. And then let's go all the way back to this side, <laughs> you know, this side of the bridge. We, want to, we know we want to be on that side. Well, we're here. So let's be aware of where we are. Let's accept it, figure that out, and then let's get you across this bridge. So uh, that'll, be a, that'll be a program. That'll be a program that um, will be video paced. It'll be a done. I'll, it'll be a program that I actually will be going through with. It'll, it's a done with you program, not a do it yourself. That's something I'm very proud of. And uh, it set me on a journey of hiring a team, you know, creating an infrastructure. So I have a support structure, support team to help me handle that. Really bringing, instead of coaching someone one by one, one-on-one, now bring a group of 20 in. You know, in, in a setting like you and I here, we're talking and really work together and grow together. Wonderful. That sounds amazing. And uh, for people that are, just being introduced to you through our audience. Uh, we will put all that information in the show notes so they can reach out to you. And I'd love to get an update from you in the future, how that new project is going. Of course, of course. So uh, once again, welcome to the American Real family. One Thank last you. question I ask every guest, and that is at the end of the day, when your work is done, Natter, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, he helped me get out of the unhappy place that I was in, you know, so we have a slogan that you'll probably see on this, you will see on this new, uh, on the new website is uh, building confidence in engineers. So that's how I felt like, you know, for someone to be confident, they need to be happy. So that's where, that's the journey that I'm, that I spend with them to really, another three steps, <laughs> you know, to, to overcome their fears. So I helped everyone to, to develop, to build confidence in you, you know, what I have to do, confidence is the results. You know, you don't really, don't even think about building confidence. You will get confidence. It will be, you, you know you're confident when you get there. But the two things you need to do, the first two steps is to face your fears and exercise courage, you know. Uh, so the other way around, exercise courage to face your fears. That's it. You know, if you exercise, if you just come up with the courage and a lot of times I come into, again, use my sales skills to help you just do it, man. I know you can do it. I'm here to help you demonstrate courage to face your fears. As soon as you come out of that battle, you're, you're happy, you're confident. So I want people to remember me by my legacy would be, you know, he helped me take courage, you know, be courageous to face my fears. And I was able to, you know, overcome and kill my demons. You know, I, I don't want to be part of that fight. <laughs> you know, I can't, you know, I'm not going to take credit for it, but I'm going to take credit for kind of like pushing you into the fight, <laughs> you know, encouraging you and just standing there and like pushing you into the fight. Again, we talked about martial arts, you know, it's, it's part of my life. So uh, even with my instructor today, Alan, he's like that too. Again, sometimes you need a little bit of a push sometimes we're our own biggest enemies, you know, so we get into our own head and we know we're capable, but we just won't do it. So if we have someone who can push us in, but be there, don't take a step back, push and stay there, take a step with me to the edge and just be, I want to be that person who's always standing and looking across like, Hey, I'm still here. As long as I'm breathing, if you want to communicate, we can still talk, you know, uh, 
I want to encourage you to come back on this side of the bridge. <laughs> you know, I want to help you get across another bridge, but that'll be my legacy of he helped me just kind of keep my head up. Don't look down. Cause when I look down, it's scary. I got to have the courage to hold my head up and just get across the bridge. Nader, again, thanks so much for your time. Of course. Your courage is infectious and we can't wait to see all that you have to do uh, in the future. So I thanks again. It. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we could help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at roger at americanreal.tv. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.